Welcome back to the Egg Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, someone's poorly trained dog, Jay. Jonah's always my co-host, the owner insisting that they don't bite, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing just just dandy. That trigger your PTSD in any way? A little bit. I apologize. Most people are... Dude, I... Listen, I'm no dog man or anything. I don't know. I don't know nothing about dogs, really. But I feel like most people's dogs are poorly trained, honestly. Oh yeah, ninety percent. My dogs are poorly trained. Yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. They bark at everything. I go, oh, like, fucking dogs, <laughs> stupid fucking dogs. Right. Yeah. So it's most people's dogs, really. Most. I mean, like, listen, I don't need to proselytize too much. Although, what else do we do here, really? Yeah, this is a proselytization of the show. But like, most people don't really bother train their dogs. Most people who own dogs probably don't even need dogs or are not doing their due diligence to probably be deserving of keeping around dogs you should give it a dog license there should be a dog license i think about that I go, maybe we maybe we gotta we gotta stand right we need a little more bureaucracy maybe just a weed out usually not in favor of but sometimes maybe like driver's licenses i think we should have a standard yeah on. yeah because in Listen, fact in florida no, you can just get in your car and drive on a closed course and be like here's a license there's no right to own dogs in the you know constitution so yeah, if i can hit a dog with my car and get away with it i mean you gotta I guess you have to change that a lot, too. I guess if you're, like, getting a license, I can't just go around hitting dogs with cars. Not that I would ever hit a dog with a car. But if I were, you couldn't do anything about it, listener. Because, like, almost no one had ever... It was, so few people are like you, just like, oh, no, my dog is kind of a shithead. Yeah. Everyone's either just lying or in denial about the fact that their dog is kind but, of a piece of shit. Kind of the worst. Oh, no, it's fine. He's he's nice, I promise. But those other, oh, well, those times, but those... Yeah, but he's nice. Well, except, well... But, no, he's nice. <laughs> He's nice. He's nice oh, to yeah. me, and I feed him. <laughs> and then, oh, not always to me. Sometimes he barks at me. <laughs> he doesn't nips, listen to anything I say. And he nips at me if I get too close. I almost, I almost got bit by a dog today. Today? Yeah. Oh, dear. This, this very day. Dear Christ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I bit by a couple dogs. Yeah. I bit in the ass by a dog. Yeah. Right above the ass, technically, but mm-hmm. not a fun time. It was also named Jack. That's a shame. I always got out of the pool, and it was standing right in front of me, and I was like, "This isn't a good situation." <laughs> so I turned around to get back in the pool. I go, "I can pee later." And then, <laughs> he got you and then he bit me. It's like, "Hey!" And then, we, and then we promptly left that gathering. Sick. Yeah, it's just uh, there's probably just too many dogs. Yeah, we got to start hitting them with cars. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> start hitting them with cars. But you know, besides all that, I'm I'm doing pretty well. The Bills won. It was a tough. It was a close game against the Chargers no. of all people. Jack, he had it well in hand. It was, he was just keeping it interesting for us all. Yeah, I wish Josh that... Allen saw fit to bestow upon us an interesting football game. Yeah. And, yeah, and honestly, it wasn't even really his fault because there's that the kick returner fumbled the ball at like the first quarter or second or the beginning of the second. So I was like, "Yeah, hey, Josh Allen didn't do anything wrong with that one. That guy just sucked at his job." Can't be blamed for that. Yeah. What's it? What was the thing we just said? There's for every sixty, for for the one the one play he does wrong. He, there's 60, yeah. 60, you can't see. I was going to make it an opener, so I couldn't remember it. I thought of it just not to make it an opener. There you go. Uh, but, and Merry Christmas, everyone. This oh, gonna, yeah, it's going to be our Christmas episode. This episode's coming out, our Christmas episode this year, and it's coming out on Christmas on Day. On Christmas Day. I mean, 9 p.m. Christmas Day. That's so fine. It'll be Christmas night. It'll but be all right. You'll still listen to it with your family around the campfire after you've all gotten drunk. Or... Campfire? Not like the like the fireplace? Like a hearth? Oh, it's going to be warm this going year. Going outside? So go outside. <laughs> building a campfire? Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. Well, it's yeah, first. The Yule log. <laughs> Right in the fire. That's in the fireplace. Usually, you can put a yule log in a campfire pit. I'm sure. I'm. I'm. Zach, I'm positive you can still do that. <laughs> no, of course. You, no, listen. Hey, of course you can. That's up to you, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's your yule log, man. There's no laws against yule logs. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, you know. So in in normal Christmas periods, I think we've managed this two years running now. Right. 
We did. I hated Love Actually. That was last year. Yeah, yeah. And we did. What did last year? We did Love Actually. We did. When did we see Violent Night? That's... That wasn't the Christmas episode, though. That was like the beginning of December. Oh, we didn't. Uh... No, we did um the Iron Black Man Mirror 3. episode. Yeah, yeah, the Black Mirror episode, Iron Man Three. These all have been Christmassy. Christmas ones we did. A uh, Hawkeye was Christmas. It's true. It's true. So here we are. But this year we're doing the holdovers to start. Um, the good Christmas movie the two we saw. And if if you're if you're listening to this, you'll know the second movie that we're talking about, and you know that one's the bad one. Um, so the holdovers starring Paul Giamatti and two other actors whose names I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one guy has no credits, so you wouldn't. That's a, a pretty strong movie to have no credits for. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I people say. It's a, it's a, it's a solid start. Quite the first role. Um, bring him up here. Uh, Mary's Divine Joy Randolph and Angus is Dominic Sessa or Sisa, maybe I don't know. Ah, who cares? He's never gonna hear the episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this uh, pretty solid movie, I'd say. Before we get into actually what it's about, I would uh, say so too. I definitely thought by the trailer, I was like, this is gonna be like a not a good movie, like a very froofy kind of like oh well we both in the true meaning of christmas kind of thing i kind of worried about the same thing you know we trailer you know saw trailers of this probably early early this year no i definitely there was like you know they do it they do like rounds of trailers so i don't remember when the first time i saw a trailer for this was and i was like i i definitely kind of had that same vibe i I could feel like it could go either way like is this actually a good movie or is this just kind of like baiting me yeah oscar baiting was like we're at christmas right is 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 it going to be trying too hard or Actually, not hard enough. Like mm-hmm. it's really, it was really hard for me to kind of pin down the vibe of this. Like, is this just going to be kind of dumb and simple, or again, is it going to be trying too hard? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's just the trailer was giving off interesting vibes. I guess you know what it was. It was like it almost had the vibe where it's like maybe everything good in this movie is in the trailer. Is in this trailer. Yeah, it's almost that kind of. I don't know how you. I don't know how to quantify that, but also it had like a real kind of snarky vibe when he's just like, and I'm going to run and like do the gym thing and we're chasing each other around the school but no yeah overall it actually is good it is good well so that's unfounded i would say yeah and it's just is just actually a solid version of of what this all is yeah it's another menu situation where i'm like this trailer looks like it's gonna be bad i was like this movie is actually pretty good uh so this better than the alternative you know yeah exactly that's what movie is takes place in 1970s literally the year 1970 massachusetts um at a boarding school called I don't know. Berkeley or something? Not Berkeley. Yeah, something like that. Some, or Buster. It's it's some word. So it's an all boy. Barton. Barton? Barton. We're Barton men. Barton, yeah, Barton men don't lie or whatever. Um, and it's an all boys boarding school. And it's about to be Christmas break. It's like, oh, Christmas break. Everyone's very excited. And Paul Giamatti is an ancient civilizations professor at the school. And he's very curmudgeonly and nobody likes him. And he's a real hard ass. And he failed the governor's son or something. It's true. Because he sucked. Or a senator's son. Senator's son. Because he like was an asshole and didn't do well. And so he's kind of like looked down upon because he doesn't play the politics and doesn't he just kinda is very straight laced and follows in the line of the previous dean who hired him or whatever. And he gets stuck with watching the holdovers, the namesake of the film, which are the kids who don't go home for Christmas break, who are there for the two weeks for Christmas and New Year's. Um and originally uh Ag- Angus, Agnes, Angus, Angus, uh, our one of our other protagonists actually isn't a holdover to start the film, which I was surprised about, and then becomes one later on to his chagrin. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, and by various means, it's important. There's like five boys who are there, including or four, including Angus, and then the four of them, four of them, kind of leave like immediately. 
they get taken away because their parents respond to a call so they can go with another boy or whatever. And he gets left behind. So it's just him and Paul Giamatti and the cook, Mary. Uh, and they're both troubled in their own ways and they learn to grow together through various means. It's Indeed. Well, they all kind of do it. Yeah. Mary's got her whole thing where her son died in Vietnam, who's a recent graduate of Barton, uh, died in Vietnam. And yeah, Paul Giamatti's just kind of like old and sad, curmudgeon and kind of lonely. And Angus's thing is that his dad has recently passed um, and his mom's newly remarried and that's all the drama. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's also, there's more wrinkles to it. And they're more alike than maybe they think. Yeah. Uh, is there Christmas magic about? Not, no, not, not, not as quite. such, but yeah. there's a little bit of maybe uh, holiday cheer. Holiday cheer to be found. <laughs> so yeah, they they try to do the holidays, and obviously there's a lot of tension because they both kind of hate each other. They don't really hate each other. Angus doesn't really like Paul Giamatti because he's mean. I mean, yeah, to be, uh, yeah, Paul Giamatti is just a kind of an asshole. Yeah. Pretty, pretty up and unquestionably, down. I would say. There's not really a lot of wiggle. It's not like, oh, like, no, he is like over the top. And he's like kind of harsh. Mean kind of professor. Yeah, to a degree that's really seemingly kind of unnecessary and excessive. Yeah, he almost kind of does it out of spite. Yeah, I mean, he calls them all names. And he like talks down to them with like Latin and shit that he knows they don't know. Right. He's not just like, a, oh, I'm actually, I'm just trying to actually teach these kids kind of, which there's a small Part there, of that. There probably was, it was there at some point, but yeah. that's been kind of warped over the years. Right. The larger part really is just that he is just kind of grumpy and mean. Yeah. Um, like to the extent where it's like, oh, you guys all got left behind at Christmas and you're you're doing homework the whole time or whatever. Like just shit like that. You're like, what is what is he doing? And I and we you know as we come to learn, he's like a genuine, full blown alcoholic and stuff. Like he's not he's not in a great spot. Yeah. Uh, but again, they, yeah, the whole thing is they kind of learn to. Look beyond. See each other as, as, as fully realized people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of, they kind of both, they both learn the kind of the same lesson from each other, um, that it's not too late. And it's, it, but it's also in different ways, because obviously Angus learns that, like, you're only like, you're like 17, kid. You're going to live, like, a lot more life. You're, you're going to be fine. Things are going to work out if you kind of, if you kind of just keep your head on straight. And then the opposite lesson Paul Giamatti is like, well, even though your life is, you're pretty far into things, you can change at any time. Like, you don't have to keep doing what you're doing. It's revealed, obviously, there's a couple of reveals about each of their characters that are pretty natural, and I, I like them. None of them were too, like, forced, I think. I think they were all pretty organic, which revealed that he, Paul Giamatti didn't graduate college because he got, like, some kid accused him of cheating, and because everybody liked his roommate, uh, he got kicked out, and then he hit his roommate with his car. Which I thought was funny, the delivery of. Um, and he got, like, taken pity on, and that's why he stays at Barton, because he can have no other job. Like, he doesn't really have anywhere else to go. Um, so he just clings to what he has and what he knows. Uh, and then we find out that Angus' father isn't actually dead. He just uh, has schizophrenia and dementia. And it's just in a, like, um, a mental hospital. Mm. Uh, and they watch Angus with Wolves at one point in the film, which is fun. They do. Banger of a film. Yeah. How would you know it's fun, Jack? Some for them to watch Dance with Wolves. I mean, I I've never experienced this, this phenomenon, but I, I've, heard it's, I've heard it's a fun thing to do. Um... Fun's maybe not the enjoyable right word. Entertainment, yeah, yeah it's it's entertaining and delightful, insightful. Yeah, yeah, it is insightful. Dance with wolves will make you cry, you know, like a wolf cry. Uh, yeah, the wolf cry. Well, the wolf, yeah, the wolf cries. I guess no matter. In make a wolf real dance. Sense. And the wolves don't really cry, right? But well, so, so you know about wolves. The wolf. <laughs> Can't the wolf cry? The wolf is definitely upset. I say that much for free. <laughs> I can tell the wolf's upset. <laughs> Listen, the wolf doesn't have a great time in Dancing with Wolves, okay? It isn't nearly as much dancing as you'd think. 
No, no. Um, but yeah, you know, to go to the Christmas party. That's kind of fun. Paul Giamatti gets friend zoned. Yep, yep, yep. He's uh, uh he smells like fish or whatever. I think it's like has a disorder. They keep trying to drink um the champagne of beers. <laughs> That's a fun bit. Yeah. It's all very seventies, isn't it? I mean, oh yeah. Which it's fun. You know, you like got like that. Yeah, it's a lot. He gives everybody copies of Meditation. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. That's great. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and there's a good part, right? Because they go to Boston. That's when like the big reveals happen. We find out that his this kid, the dad thing, and the college thing. Uh, <clears throat> and they have a scene in the museum, which is people people have been quoting and stuff. Is probably the most probably the, pretty much the thesis of the film and the whole reason. Kind of, it's made the way that it is. About Paul Giamatti has a big speech about history. But how, like, Tang is like, everything you think that you're inventing is something that humans have been doing the whole time. Like, humans always think that they're, every person who's ever lived is always think that they're the first generation to think of, like, being a dickhead and, like, rejecting authority and doing what they want and, like, living their lives as free as they want it to be. But the Greeks always do it. Like, the ancient Greeks did it, and now we do it, and now you're going to do it, and your kids are going to do it, and so on and so forth. And the history is just about understanding yourself more than anything. So that was a, that was a good scene. That's probably the... One of the best scenes in the movie, I'd say. I mean, that's probably that's like its whole thesis. So I'd hope it would. Be. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot easier to understand if you. What do you say? You can understand yourself. The history is about understanding the past. And also, right, Angus, he makes a joke where he's like, you know, this is a lot easier to understand when you mix in a little pornography. <laughs> he's a weird horn dog. <laughs> well, listen, he's a teenage boy in the seventies. They're all. It was, about, <laughs> it's a different time. A different time. You're buying nudie magazines. It was, <laughs> it was it was it was lunacy back then. You were under strain. <laughs> it was mad. Yeah. Check. We, we, Vietnam was happening. What That's do you expect? True. We had bigger fish to fry. Um, yeah. Jerking out for the babe in the newest James Bond film was the least of our concerns. I think this movie's pretty funny. Yeah, at times what it wants to be. Also, uh, obviously, it's, you know, serious what it wants to be. Paul Giamatti, obviously, is, like, pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's very good. I mean, Paul Giamatti's good, but I'm saying he, he's he's uh, good with the comedy, I think, a lot of times. Um you know, both and I guess then times he is trying to be funny again, where he's like trying to make fun of them and stuff. But also, just sometimes he's just just a funny thing. Just such a weird guy. <laughs> like when he's making them run, he's yeah. like, "Exercise is good for the muscle, <laughs> the body waste or whatever." Just nonsense he's spewing. Some yeah. As he like, you know, drinks. Yeah, just pounding back whiskeys and smoking and all that. Like when he tries to throw the football, hilarious. <laughs> that is very funny. First time it's kind of caught attention how terrible actors are at sports. <laughs> how no one can ever throw a football on anything. Yep. And then at the end, uh, Paul Giamatti like tells Anderson's parents off because they're like, "We're gonna take him to military school because he visited his dad. Now his dad wants to come home and all this stuff, and he has to move hospitals." And he gave him like a snow globe, which come on, you can't be giving your dementia dad a snow globe. Yeah, I guess not. That's a bit silly of you to do. But he stole from that lady's house. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do though? Yeah, he still definitely got some issues to work out. But then Paul Giamatti tells him off and says it's his idea, and he gets fired so he can move on and travel the world and write his book and all that. I uh, I like when they gotta go to the hospital because he dislocates his arm. Yeah, it's a lie. You know, and he, yeah, he does a lie to protect him. I think that's a cool scene. Uh, good bit acting there. I don't know. And they also lie to his old Harvard buddy. We're talking about ancient oh, yeah, cameras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah ancient... I like when they're at the restaurant towards the end. The Johnny Cherry's Jubilee. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, sorry. Which I thought, I couldn't believe how uptight they were being about that because it was like the 70s as well. Yeah, they like kids drinking the 70s all the time. They like kids smoke a camel. Like, when did they, when, is it because he's, he's 17, not even 18? Is that it? 
I think so. I think when when did the when did the age start being twenty one to begin with? I think in the eighties, eighty five, maybe. I don't know for sure. But also, he says he's like older than he, he or he should be a senior, but he's just a junior. Junior is that it? So I don't know. But that that could that could easily mean he's 18. 19, 18. Yeah, eighty four. Oh, it's close. And before that, I think it was like state by state. Yeah. So Massachusetts. I mean, they're they love drinking. Let's see. Let's do the thing that I. Are you ready? Go find a. Massachusetts. 73 was lowered to 18. 79 was raised to 20. And then in 85 it was raised to 21. All right. So there it was. There it was. It was. It was. They did their They did their research. So I guess the assumption is that he's still 17. That's why they won't. But then they just they just make cherries to believe in the parking lot. Very it poorly. doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> they use too much alcohol. It doesn't burn off. Just sets the box they're in on fire. Uh, what can I say? That's something. Oh, just so the end with it, with the the parents showing up and being shitty about it. Man, they're terrible, huh? No, it's just awful. Mine is the worst. It's bad enough in the in the opening when you're like, you know, oh, so we're gonna go on honeymoon. We're leaving you to go on honeymoon with my new husband because I, you know, listen, the year was hard for me. It was hard, I knew, and you're like, okay, right, shit. I guess her husband died. I guess you can't really fault her too yeah. much. Although I can't fathom how you would be like, it's just, it's just incomprehensible, right? Mm-hmm. Leave your son behind like that. To just get fucked for Christmas, so like, you yeah, spend on your time. own. How could like how could I don't think most people be able, you know, capable of having a fun festive holiday time without their child. Like, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck this. My <laughs> fuck that dweeb I spawned. <laughs> get bent nerd, <laughs> but whatever. But then you come to learn that the husband's not even dead. She just shipped him off to an asylum upstate or whatever. Like what the fuck? And now she's like, I now I gotta send him to a new place. Because like I have to, as if it's the greatest imposition on her. Like whoa, oh, despicable! And the new stepdad character, of course, just an absolute goober. Always, you know, your classic stepdad role in a thing like this, just being kind of a shithead. Yeah. When he tells off the headmaster at the end, he's like, "I've known since you were a boy, and I can tell you, you've been an asshole your whole life." <laughs> That's good. Um, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people with their reviews, uh, mostly on Letterboxd, um, just say they really like the handshake at the end that they have. How that's like. A lot, a lot more emotion in there than most other films can pull off in like a hug or a more yeah. intimate gesture. It's a good handshake. Solid handshake. I thought they were going to hug, I just, I, but I guess handshake's good enough. Obviously, the Mary character, she's got her own kind of thing going on where, again, her son's died and it's well, naturally pretty upsetting. Her husband was already dead, so she yeah. kind of has no one. Um, she kind of has a thing where she reconnects with her sister on Christmas who is having her first kid now, which mm. is nice. And so she's able to kind of partially, at least, <coughs> somewhat heal through that, seemingly. Mm. That's nice. She's cool. Nice person. Everyone's smoking. That's you know, A lot of smoking. The 70s. I forgot how much people were smoking back then. They just never stopped, man. You can do something with your hands. I guess, yeah. yeah. For those know. damn vapes. Right. <laughs> Look at how vapes take over the world. No wonder. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, there's, yeah, there's a lot of buzz, a lot of, lots of Oscar buzz for this one. Um, a lot of people are saying that, like, one of the one of the better movies of the whole year, which I guess I technically would agree with. Yeah, I'd have to like you know bust out the list, I suppose. But I suppose it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Paul, I mean Paul Giamatti's great. He's good in most stuff, though. I'd say so. I guess yeah. he as the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Right, incredible role. I mean, yeah, all Doctor Zayas and uh, whoever he was in Planet, Planet of the Apes, two thousand one. You know, two thousand one, a space John Adams and John Adams. That's a, that's that's a good one. Room. And that's the one where they could dunk on Alexander Hamilton for being a dickhead. It's true, yeah. But in Hamilton, they cut a song where he just dunks on 
Right. Change, uh, John Adams. For being so, a dickhead. I have the beholder, you know? Yeah. What a Lin-Manuel Miranda wants to write a fun rap about you. Well, I mean, the thing is that they didn't like each other, so, yeah, so they would... it works out, <laughs> you know? He would say bad things about him, and he would say bad things about him. I mean, it's pretty, it's, I think it's pretty accepted that, like, John Adams wasn't a great president, and Hamilton had his faults too. That was Allen's editions. They were both. Yeah, that Allen's edition acts were no good. <laughs> no good. He really, no, he, no he good. really almost threw this thing right off the rails. <laughs> Immediately. He was like, what if I just fucked it? Called Tom, right, though. He pointed out that Thomas Jefferson was dead. <laughs> and they were erasing it. I love that. He Every called, so him, a, he called you... him a fucking transvestite. I have this thing where, like, we're getting a bit off topic, but it's fine. I, That's fine. I have sort of like a, I don't know, nostalgia is not the right word because I don't have any nostalgia for a thing that it was so far. But I like that era and sometimes I romanticize, that's what I was going for. I, I tend to romanticize that era of history just because I think it's cool and you think like, oh, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it feels like we're, we're more and more removed in the like 20th and 21st centuries from like this, well, I guess there was a couple of great men, but the great men kind of history and like this idea that we had these larger than life dudes, right? These founding fathers who were like men of... Of real virtue and and great important real values, who believed in something, anything, you know, compared yeah. to like American politicians now, where it's like, what is any of this? Yeah. Uh, but then you remember stuff like that, and you're like, oh no, they were just dudes too, right? Yeah, they just wanted to win. Way back then, the first, literally the uh, what third presidential election we had, <laughs> they were like, he's dead, devolved into madness. That, immediately. I, 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 I don't know. I can't remember. I guess no. I think maybe Thomas Jefferson and John. They Adams. had le- even less integrity. Yeah, because they because it because you couldn't check because it was just like whatever. The, whoever if you just paid newspaper enough, that's what half the country thought. <laughs> like, I guess John Adams died. They even, the the fake news was even worse. Oh yeah, like, then, like and there was the whole like um, you know, it was that same kind of time frame. There was we America had our, our first sex scandal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were going like we came off the gate swinging. So it's like you know, more things change, the more they stay the same. You know. Sometimes it's nice to be reminded of that, which I guess is kind of, it actually did all circle back, right? There's nothing new under the sun. Everything in history has happened before. Now we just say woke and fake news or whatever. But it's always been kind of woke and fake news, hasn't it, you know? Yeah. In a a really, when the president, when John Adams is like, every time Jefferson, he died, you can't vote for him. (laughs) It's like, I guess he is. All right, man. (laughs) Shit, man. Okay, that guy died. All right, let me go fight these natives off my property. I live in rural Oklahoma, (laughs) or Oklahoma, Ohio. Ah. Is Ohio at this point? Sure, we're gonna say they have Ohio at this point. What is um, it? Is it 1790? <laughs> we have Ohio in 1790. Uh, John Adams was elected in uh, 1800. So, God, by Job. So we must have Ohio by I then. Think. Yeah, because we get the, we get Louisiana just right after. When did we get Ohio? I'm gonna do a Google too. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, no, I, I always forget which I I have a bad gauge on which ones were th- the 13 original. I'm sure I taught was taught a jingle right. 1803, Ohio was admitted to the state of the union as a 17 as, as a state. Yeah, but that means that territory had to be around for a little bit of yeah before then. Let's see, I'm looking up John Adams' presidency as well, just for fun. It had it was 1800. Right? I'm pretty sure 1797 to 1801. Oh, so 1800 is when Jefferson Jefferson becomes president. Beat him. Fuck. This this is when they started in March. Sure, it's. Huh. Right. <laughs> March 4th, 1797 to March 3rd. George Washington started in April. Quincy Adams, James Madison. We're just going to do it on the presents now. <laughs> I'm watching. I just looked the whole list on Twitter. I'm like, is there anything worth talking about here? Very good. The part where he's, he's brushing off the car in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the ice scraper out and he's just like, come on, go fast. <laughs> he's, he's, he's ruined it. his arm. Ah, I'm going fast. He's screaming. 
I like how he's in that scene, which is in the trailer, right? The whole like, that's just your Rubicon! Do not cross it! <laughs> and he says the thing. Whatever the fuck that is. I don't know the line. Not a lot either. You know, the die is cast. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because that's a cool moment because he's like, he knew what he knew what to say. Like, Paul Giamatti has this moment where he's like, oh, you can see he actually does kind of pay attention. Yeah. Because I, I made a historical reference like I do to everyone always because I'm an asshole. <laughs> and, but, and he's the one who got it. But he actually got it and responded appropriately. Huh. Uh, he, there is a part in the beginning where it alludes to Agnes's intelligence where he's, you see him grading all these final exams and he hands them out to his students and they all fail pretty He much. got the best grade. Yeah. And he gets a B plus. He gets way better than anybody else. Yeah. And he screws him out of a makeup because he doesn't want to take the makeup because he doesn't need it, which I assume he wouldn't make you take the makeup, Agnes, you but B plus. I, I assume it's for the children who fail. But We didn't mean to screw them out of the makeup. He, he wanted to do the makeup as well. I he think. just wanted to leave. Right. I mean, which fair. <laughs> he seemed to have a good... Again, Pokemon is not just a hard... He's just kind of like over the top, yeah, like he gets, he gets going a, out of his way to make them dislike him, basically. Yeah, because he, cause he knows that they're all assholes and it doesn't matter. Like... I guess he gets the idea, like, well, these kids are going to leave here, and they're rich and pampered, and no one's right. ever going to tell them no. He's not So wrong. they can live through me being mean to them for, like, four years. But again, the difference, I guess, is that he's not just a particularly hard teacher there. He literally... Insults them. He's, like, the, he's, he's... Yeah. Again, yeah. He's between literally insulting them, and just, it seems like he's going out of his way to not just be a strict teacher, but to be like, man, how could I be the worst kind of most... <laughs> Upset them the most, kind of thing. Yeah. Again, stuff like I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna be the only teacher at the school who gives them homework over vacation. I'm gonna be the only one who does it, and I'm gonna make. The, we're gonna. We're all here suffering each other's company under the worst circumstances possible, pretty much. And I'm gonna make them study and run around and stuff like. He's really not having a good time there, which is why it's probably for the best, right? That he he leaves so he can kind of get better. I did kind of thought, although I guess maybe that's this is too cookie cutter of a thing, right? That at the end he was rolling down his window to dump out the whiskey and be done with it but no i mean you gotta get the whiskey you get the shakes otherwise <laughs> you can't you would get the shakes you that's can't you can't write a book with the shakes like Zach. I said, that's that's why it's too cookie cutter because he he does need that whiskey <laughs> but maybe that's symbolic of him working towards that i don't know i, don't, I, hope. I mean what he switches it around and spits it out the window at the sign i guess is like a symbolic gesture of some kind that shaking the dust off his boots maybe but that's all right yeah <laughs> oh, that's what he says. He calls him penis cancer. <laughs> penis cancer in human form. <laughs> um, I they said both take uh, uh, Librum. You know, and they do. He's like, oh, you have Librum too. It's for depression, I think. I think <laughs> I know because I got so well. Oh, oh my pills! It's all right. Being clinically depressed, you know. Yeah, uh, I said in my litter box review a classic Christmas movie in the making, which I think it is. I think it's a movie you could probably return to. It's a very cozy movie. There's a lot of like. The aesthetic is nice, and they get kind of all in, and the message is nice, so you have a great time. You upped your score to four stars. What's this? I didn't know about this. You hear about this? You see this? You hear about this? Yeah, I think, I think, it's, a, I think it's a four-star film. I'm thinking a three and a half, and I stand by that. You gave it three and a half? Three well, and that's half. what I had it at, and I think, well, it's got to be. I kind of I kind of look back. You no, know, I do this on, on a rare occasion. I, I think about it, but I go, nah, most of my scores are dead on first time. Because I was like, well, if you look at some of these other three and a halves, the holdover has to be a better movie than like... I don't remember now. I so I go back and forth in that kind of mindset. I go, should <clears> I have judged that on its own, or should I judge it compared to the other ones? But I'm like, I like all movies for kind of different reasons, though. Who is it fair? So is subjectivity. Sure. And that's why I like this four star. I try to mix... I've, I've always said that what I'm doing on here is trying to be like, with my scores, is, is mix my personal enjoyment of it with... Objective. What I th- uh, try to think of as more objective stuff going on. I try to do that, too. 
Aptiver. Yeah, because it was like, I gave Wonka three and a half, which I think is accurate. But then I was like, well, the holdovers isn't the same as Wonka either. No, though. yeah. But I also think Wonka is better than like Wish, probably. Or like Dream Scenario, which I got threes, which again, I think is fine. I think threes are pretty standard, like really even most keel. Mo- here's the thing. Most movies are three. Which I think pro- is probably the case for me, right? Yeah. Like looking at back, I have Gran Turismo, Dumb Money, The Marvels. You know, these are all threes. So I think that's fine. So I think Wonka is a cut above those probably. But then again, the holders has to be a cut above Wonka. So that's how I landed at four, you know, which is where Napoleon's at, you know. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is a movie I ended up, I really, really like. So that can be a four. And, you know, I think it works out. I would say mine is probably this, mileage is probably the same as yours, but all of my scores are down one. So Wonka's a three. Except for stupid fucking, what's it called over there? Which thing? You know, the one. Which one? Fucking Hoodwinked? Hoodwinked, yeah. <laughs> All right, I said Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked is a classic, and it deserves four stars. It is not. I don't even think you believe that anymore. I do believe that. I've always a believed A classic. It. Who makes Hoodwinks, dude? It's it's one of those like bootleg-ass animations. Who the fuck made Hoodwinked? I don't know. I don't care. I don't need to know. God damn it. I bet you. I bet if we, if I actually like, if you came down here one day to to do a recording, and I and you'd find I trapped you in a room, and Hoodwinked was on the screen, and you couldn't leave, and I, I'd and watch I have a clockwork orange cut device, you'd be like, "Oh no, this is actually terrible." What was I thinking? This is never a good movie. That's how it happened. Just and what I mean by all that is uh, that that's something I'm I'm actively planning. <laughs> you're working. So. You're working towards yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I can't. Where did it go? I'm trying to find it in my four star. But um, yeah. Again, hold on. It's just and, and like okay. Let's talk about this. We haven't really emphasize this element of it but uh, as a christmas movie how do you find it you know it's a bit i would say it's a little bit like there's a little bit of cynicism to it right it's it's sort of realist in how it approaches the world and stuff and you know people are dying and the ending isn't completely like happy kind of like oh look at it all worked out is it right yeah but i do think there's a a, a warmth to this movie there's a bit of a nice sort of niceness to it you know, and again, it's not completely like perfect, but in a lot of ways, it kind of ends up best for everyone involved, like we were saying, you know. And Christmas is a big part. It's very Christmas vibe, for sure. It's very Christmas coded, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Isn't it takes place at Christmas? It takes place at Christmas. But also, it's very snowy, you know? Yeah. Or cold. It's very, it's good. It's, yeah, it feels. Feelings of good cheer, the feel of being goodwill like, towards w- men. Wanting to be warm and hanging out inside. Now, this is a Christmas movie. That cannot no, that's be what I was, that, that was my next thing. This Our is, patented system where we judge all Christmas movies by whether or not Jack deems them Christmas movies. I'd, I'd say big old stamp of approval. Stamp of approval? That's good, okay. Because it, it is integral that it's Christmas. They cannot have the holdovers without Christmas. I agree and I disagree. I agree and I disagree, Jack. Okay, so you disagree. I agree and I disagree. Okay. I agree and I disagree. <laughs> I, yeah, I got you the first time. So my only thing is like it could be a different holiday. But also, the, everything else, because it's not just, like, I, I get what you're saying with the plot, it kind of revolves around it. But it could, I was like, well, could this be, like, spring break and do a similar thing? Kind of. Kind of. But I don't know. The other thing is, um, you know, for, again, all the other stuff. It's not just about them being held over, because, again, they go to a Christmas party and they do this. Like, you, it is pretty essential. It's Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, again, the, the thing you always say to me is that, like, it has to be more, I don't know, Christmas has to be more of it. It has to be integral to the plot. But that's confusing to me, that logic. How so? Because you're saying this is a Christmas movie because mm-hmm. Christmas factors into why they're holding over mm-hmm. and uh, and stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, so then why is Die Hard not a Christmas movie? Because they're it's all centered around the fact that they're having a Christmas party. Yes, but they're also celebrating like a big a big thing in the company. So you could just make that what about, big thing? Uh, are they? Yes, they are. They have like a big break. They're gonna like do a big. They have a remember well, before he kills the boss, mm-hmm. Hans Gruber. 
they're in that big room with that big model because that's like their model for yeah. whatever project they're working on. So you could very easily be like, they just do the big party and it's just like a party and he's showing. But again, so why does that not apply to this where you could easily do it's a different time of year? Um, because I think the messaging has to do with Christmas as well. Does it really though? I think so. Like it, how? It's about family. Because spring break, you don't like without family. That spring break, it's not really. It's not really a holiday to like spend with family. What's the fa- but where's the family connection being here? The fact that uh, they're all without. They're not. They don't have their families. Yeah, Paul right. Giamatti has no family. Sure. Yeah. Mary's wife. Mary's son died in the war. Aki's family hates him. So it's about the lack of lack of family and the family they form together. There, it's a found family. Yeah, it's of, a found family. In a sense. Father and sons and all that. August sure. learns about Christmas. Listen, cheer. I'm not trying to argue with you that this isn't a Christmas movie. Of course. Good. I just think maybe you're not getting diehard from too it. Too str- I just I don't know, again. I just think maybe you're being inconsistent as all. I disagree. <laughs> well, of course. Diehard is really the only one that has a sticking point because most other ones feel pretty. Iron Man. We've been, we've literally done this on the show before. Have Iron we? Man three. Oh, not Iron Man three. No way. Also, not no way. Iron Man three. Fine, but whatever. No, he's not that good. He's worse than Diehard. No way. You're well. That's not. No, hold on. Don't you, say it like that. Fine. It's not as good as Diehard. Worse than yes. maybe. Okay. Fine, I'll change my language a little bit. I get the same point. Say, yes. They're it's not... actually the same statement, but I think so. one has a certain uh, yes. tone to it. I don't think Iron Man 3 is bad. I don't think it's great. Sure. So we land it good. It's like a three and a half kind of movie. Oh, I think it's a three kind of movie. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but we'll meet, we'll meet at six, at, at... I think most people are too hard on Iron Man 3. Generally. I, I can see that. People, yeah, yeah. I remember before people I... act like it's one of the wor- very worst, and I don't know if... Yeah, not recently at least. No, the recent outings. <laughs> There's probably some other ones. Christmas movies. I think like the ones we don't we talk about are not nearly so borderline though. We do. We do yeah. There's a lot more borderline ones where it's like, oh, there's Christmas component. Like when people say that, like um, Harry Potter. Oh, it's a Christmas. It's like a Christmas coded kind of like, oh, I like to watch this at Christmas. I don't think people really argue strenuously like, oh, this is a Christmas movie, but it's like, you know, they do Christmas in that movie. Doesn't. Does not Christmas movie make? I'm just saying people like yeah, watching yeah. them at Christmas. That's the thing I know people say. Or this time of year, at least, like the Christmas season, mm-hmm. like a cozy kind of thing. It's cozy coded. Little women. Sure. Is Little Women a Christmas movie? Probably, right? No, I don't want to say no, so. No, it's not. Because there's it's focused on <laughs> it's being a trick question. Uh, it's focused on being such tiny women. There's some um, physically. I've never seen the film. There's stuff at Christmas in that though. You see what I mean? Like I think they, they do a there's a there's a scene they where Forrest Pugh gives Shaw Sharon some kind of present and they're, they're, I think and I'm, then I'm Saul just, Goodman Dad shows up. Saul Goodman Dad. How do you know Saul Goodman Dad? Shows I've up? seen the clip. Damn it! It's Saul Goodman Dad. It's Twitter. Of course, I've seen. I the couldn't believe it, dude. I just went into that completely <laughs> blind. I didn't know. I Listen, I never read Little Women. Not being a little woman myself is something that never occurred to me. <laughs> being a miniature woman. But me, you know, being being little us, you know what we do. You know. I mean, you know it's episode are. 132. So I went to see Little Women by myself at the movie theaters when it came out. Couldn't believe it. I was like, I bet the guy, dad dies in the war. Because the whole, the whole time, in the beginning of the movie, the first like half of the movie, it's like, our father's away at war. And I'm like, well, he's going to. Die, probably, probably right? He's dead, not gonna come back. Gotta kill that dead. It's the war. Civil War. It's the deadliest war in American history. I mean, they, he's, yeah, can't all make it right back before Red Dawn happens in real life. <laughs> and, um, Watch out, twenty forty-five. It's gonna get crazy. And so I was like, oh, he's not. Co-. And then, to my surprise, when he came back, and it was fucking Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. I was like, holy shit! What a film. Greta <laughs> Gerwig really knows how to make him, man. Holy shit! I wonder if she'll make a Barbie movie. You that's said the first, no one. That's what I said. That's the first movie I saw hers. You know. I saw Lady Bird first. I hadn't seen Lady Bird first. Well, yeah, you just said you haven't seen. So how could... I'm just trying to make conversation, man. <laughs> <laughs> just trying uh, to talk to you. It's good, though. Little Women's good. I, I mean, that was my first introduction to... Sarsharon. Sarsharon. However you say her name. And, uh, and Florence Pugh and... Timothee Chalotel. And Timothee... Oh. 
Did I see the little one before or after I saw the king? I think before. I could go check my letterbox. I'm I'm 99% sure. Check. Um, I think it might have been of all of them. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. There's someone else in there? I feel like there's another, there's another person in who's there. The, who's the third? Who's the littlest woman? <laughs> who's the, which one's the littlest woman, Jay? I, I think there are four of them, right? I, I, God, is there really? I think there's a fourth. There's, a, there's an even tinier one. No. Surely not. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. I think there are four. I I, I think. Unless I'm confusing someone from Pride and Prejudice in this whole mix. How about Wind River? We do like Wind River. That movie's not cold, a, you know? Is that not a Christmas movie. That is definitely not a fucking Christmas movie. Uh, you go to a pretty fucked up Christmas. Now, hot take. Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas movie? Halloween movie? I'd argue both. Well, oh, I saw you weigh on this <laughs> recently. I, I always thought it was pretty explicitly not really a Halloween movie because it the whole point is that it's not Halloween's over. Halloween's over. It has to. Yeah, I mean, it's all. It's. Right. I, I don't know. That doesn't really work. Actually, if you think about it, the whole point is like, oh, what if it was a Christmas movie but spooky? Not. But if it was a Halloween so movie, that but means cheery. it's not a Halloween movie. Yeah, that's like the yeah. whole point. It's fine. I don't really care. <laughs> Good songs though. Oh, it's Emma Watson is one of the Emma Watson. Women. Of course, I f- totally forgot. And then this is the littlest woman, Eliza Scanlon. Well, she's done fucking nothing. So I haven't heard her name unless she's done a lot of things and not being an asshole. Um, she's in old the beach that makes you old. Okay, so nothing. she's in the devil all the time. Okay, that's really good. She the girl who kills herself. Just put an spoiler. Yeah, not a, she's not an important character probably. I would say one of the most important. And then oh, is I'm trying to throw off the scene. Laura Dern's the mom. I God, I don't remember this movie as well as I. Laura thought. Dern's the mom. She's the mom of all the little women. She yeah, birth? she's she's the largest woman. <laughs> when she was pregnant, of course. Right, she was the... giving birth to all those little women. It's a good movie, man. Or then I caught triplets. I don't know why they give all birth at once. All right, but so Christmas movie year now. Yeah, of course. Um. Oh, this so okay. Can we just agree then that it's just arbitrary about how you feel on a given no. day? Okay, not with the holdover. The movie about Christmas. They're, they're, the I don't get. The, I don't. I I do not understand this this distinction you think you have. Why? I think. It's when pretty, does it? When is it about Christmas? And when does it just happen to be at Christmas? I think. All right. I think if the plot and the like the thing the film's trying to go for can be accomplished without it being Christmas, reasonably. <laughs> You could, but I'm saying that if you extend, that's that's vague enough where you could extend that to this movie. I don't think you could. I don't think the messaging of this film that it's trying to go for, like I just you act as if Die Hard doesn't have any of that either, though. I'm saying fair. It is largely just an action movie, but that also has the whole component of family, and he's there to meet his, and he's like he's got this right broken marriage and the kid. I guess my point with that is why I think the the party could be any time, and it could be about their accomplishments because that does play into it that they're an accomplishment. Yeah, a little bit. So I think that having a party and then you're coming in to see your wife and her big day to fix your marriage is now maybe not as smooth of a plot, mm-hmm, I will admit, mm-hmm, but I think mm-hmm. is reasonable enough as a storyline that you could still have the plots of die, uh, the plot of Die Hard happen. Now how much is how much of this is aesthetic? Um I guess it I don't I guess I really never really thought about it. If, is there enough if there's enough Chris if they cuz I mean Die Hard's got so much Christmas shit in it. Where do you think the it's like ho 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 and it's 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 very much trying to be Christmassy. Does that not count for anything? I don't remember it being very Christmassy. But then again, I didn't... I mean, I, it's all the decorations, and it's... All the music's playing. Like, it's literally just... It's very Christmassy. It's not just like they mention it offhand in the beginning, and then it doesn't come up, right? They're wearing Christmas sweaters, and ho, 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 I have a machine gun. And yeah, I mean, you get it. Yeah, but I'm saying you can take that out. But then what are you left with? Is An action movie. You're, you're left with the rest of Die Hard, I guess, my argument is. Enough of I'm Die saying Hard. I think an, I don't know if you, uh, that's what I'm saying is I don't know if there is enough of Die Hard left. If you take all that out, I think it's become so you know generic and, and uh, so as to be nothing. Maybe I just know why 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 do 
you feel so strongly about this one or the other? Why, why do you have this vendetta against Tyreek? Where did this come from? What, what, how did this begin? Um, well, I think it's just a... Uh, not even against the film Die Hard. Is it just a contra- is it, are you just being contrarian here? I think it's a silly thing to say. I don't think Die Hard needs to be like, oh, actually, it's a Christmas movie. I think it's one of the stupid things people say on the internet that's stupid. And maybe that's me being mean, and mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in some ways. Mm-hmm. But it's something against the film Die Hard as a film. I think it's a very... It's one of the best action movies I've ever seen. Okay. And okay. one of the best probably ever made. Yeah, I yeah probably. Yeah. Nobody would no would really fight me, especially not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Big action movie guy. It's Die Hard. Yeah, it's, of course. It's one of the best ones. Exactly. Naturally. Um, so I don't think it needs to be like... And also, it's Christmas. It's like just... I don't know. I feel like it's adding maybe too much to it, perhaps. Again, I haven't thought it's too much. Might it be, perhaps... Perhaps. Okay. One of the best... Or maybe the best alternate Christmas movie. Alternate Christmas movie? Like an alternative Christmas movie of, of some kind. Because that's, that's what everyone's really saying, right? It's like, I'm too cool to like real Christmas movies yeah. that are like sappy and... I can't watch Rudolph, Claymation Rudolph. I like... Well, that one's kind of... Those Claymations... It's a classic, Zach. It is a classic, but they get fucking old. Like, but, but I tried the, to watch one of those recently, I was like, holy the shit. The gun that shoots jam? That's <laughs> hilarious. The gun that rides in Austin? Hey, listen. But I don't know what you mean. They're rough. Um... I haven't seen them in many years either. Right, so. right. But so, that's what they mean. Yeah. They're trying to be smarter than everybody else. Kind of, And yeah. I hate when people do that. <laughs> sure. I mean, we all know the best Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Like I watched a movie yesterday, actually. That movie bangs. My mom loves that movie. It and it's so hard. Great Everyone's movie. mom loves that movie. That's you kidding true. me? My mom hates the colorized version. She calls it the bastardized edition. Yeah, of course. Naturally. And it's a weird... It's, it's weird. I've never seen that. I, 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 it's, it's very... It's kind of... It looks like you just painted a movie. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's what everyone's trying to say. So I think, it, but as an alternative Christmas movie, I think it does its job. I think it's supposed to be. I guess here's my maybe this is a different benchmark as well. Okay, it's like if you would feel want if you, if you would feel weird watching it at a time that wasn't Christmas time. I feel like that tells you everything you need to know, right? But I wouldn't feel weird watching. Die you don't think you time. would? I think I might. On a time that wasn't Christmas, I think if I just turned that on in like June, I'd just be like, "What am I doing?" I don't think so. You know, again, that's kind of the thing is like, is, is there enough Christmas content in this to like push it over? Into I that think realm? there isn't. And one of the reasons I think, now, this is on the cuff here, the the killer line that he says at the end after he drops Hans Gruber off a cliff is not Christmas related. He says, happy trails, Hans. He doesn't say Merry Christmas. Now, if he said that, true. that would that would bolster your argument, I think. Because you can't so? take out the the, line, the the one liner in an action movie. Fair enough, yeah. No, it's there's there's I mean he says his, his bigger thing is Yippikai, yeah. Yeah, he's like a cowboy. Cowboy thing, yeah. You're right, you're right. That's not that's not intrinsically tied to Christmas time. How about the winter section of Django Unchained? That's nothing to do with Christmas. What about all of Hateful Eight? What about the Hateful That's very wintry. No. That could be a fun a fun Christmas retreat. Look at we're in a little uh, haberdashery in the in the in the woods. Yeah. Ah uh, yes, it's warm and I we're drinking cocoa. We shoot everybody with guns. Yep, yep, yep. I think there's, I think there's something here. I think there's a formula we could probably work out. I think screen time's a factor. Screen time's a factor. There's uh some video by this um, essayist from years ago, this YouTube video essayist, who does like what's a Christmas movie, and he has like a chart, and it's like one oh. of those like nine. This is, oh, the work's already been done. The research is, I think so, has been published. Oh, I'll, I'll find the video. We'll watch it after at like three a.m. when we finish recording. Incredible. Um. And he has like spring breakers in the grid. Oh, not really. Because it's like it's like candy cane. Some it's 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 like two back and forths, and it's like like a, like an alignment chart kind of thing. And it's like what is it's like the what is soup meme. You know you're familiar with yeah, this. Yeah. Where it's like the universe is soup, and also sure. like a, a Lego truck is soup or whatever. Oh, okay. 
Um, if you if you expand the definitions enough, this is what I mean: is we need to just find how narrow or broad we need to make our definition of Christmas movie. I just gotta find a way where I get what I want. Well, and of course, really well, lock it in. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> that's really everything. Isn't that's it? all it's ever been. That's wow. I just turned fourteen. Because again, if we just get if you just get dude, like, is Home Alone even actually a Christmas movie? I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to think about that. I'm not gonna make a. I'm not gonna okay, jump to good. conclusions. I don't want to make a rash judgment. Because Home Alone three, not a Christmas movie. Not a Christmas movie at all. Yeah, that's just a kid homesick from school. In He's the homesick, winter. and then a, a parrot drives a car that blows up to a right, guy's right, face. Right. I mean, is love actually even really? I don't. Know, I'm sure we litigated this last we, year. We must have. I don't remember what the conclusion we came to I is, think but you like, said it was. I think I must have said it was. I don't know. I mean, you could almost make the argument that that could just take place because it's more just the interconnected relationship. I mean, it's about love. Like, it's about a bunch of different relationships that happen to weave in and out. But like, does it have to be Christmas? Christmas? I think it's the one that needs to be Christmas. How many Alan of them Rickman? are actually directly Alan Rickman's? And I would Watson. say so, and his wife's. And then I think that's. And then there's the Christmas, the teacher, because she's doing the Christmas play. Sure, yeah. Um, but like, um, what's his name being president? That's. Hugh Grant president. Hugh Grant president is not related to Christmas, is it? Yelling at Billy Bob Thornton, American president. God bless him. Right. Oh, he's not president. I guess he's he's PM, huh? Oh, he's PM. Like, a lot of those are, you know, more or less, you know, the the porn star one. What does that have to do with Christmas? They cut that one out of most versions. Right. So. They're good riddance. They don't need, any, they don't need eight storylines. Martin Freeman porn star? You don't want him in the movie? You're going to cut Martin Freeman out of the love hey, action? Hey, I didn't. They cut him. I didn't cut him. You you didn't remember it because they cut it from the TV they cut it version. From the TV version, because yeah, yeah. I mean, he's naked and they and they fuck. So can't 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 keep that one in for the kiddies. I think more research needs to be done, Jake. Ultimately, we'll do that. If I do more research, we'll like watch two other movies and watch this video I'm talking about, and we'll go. Sure, that's good enough. We need to publish our findings. Peer <laughs> reviewed. Who has done this? <laughs> there has to be Jack. The the truth is out there. There has to be answers that we can come to. I would hope so. It has to exist. If we made video essays, this would be a. If we were H Bomber guy, he'd make a four out of fucking video about this. All right, let's go on. We still going on? Are we still are we recording still? What happened? I feel like I blacked out. Re- recording? You record all this? <laughs> this goes out. Really? Wait, wait. <laughs> you told me this was just a. <laughs> oh no! Ooh. All right, moving I on. Know. I can take out of that. Think of anything quicker? No, it's all right. It's all right. Pretend what this mic. We'll take some be. improv classes. All right. Um, <laughs> I could take out of that into uh, what do you want to do now? Percy Jackson. Sure. Great choice. Percy Jackson, the Olympians, episode one. I've accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. Uh, so this is the Disney Plus adaptation of Rick Riordan's famous series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and this is adapting the first book, The Lightning Thief. Um, we're big fans of Percy Jackson. We were we're of the age. We're of the age when it came out, and we're like, I think we'll do mythology. I think that'll be the thing that we're I think into. That'll be our thing while. for a minute. I think I'll, I think I'll hyperfixate on this for a minute. Autism? Who, who who has even heard of it? You ever look back on your life and you just think this is just a series of hyperfixations? Oh yeah. And sometimes they circle back through. You know, sometimes you, you, you got your main you got your main squeeze, right? Your your mainstays. Star Wars, right? You're always good to loop back through that at least a couple times a year, and it's always kind of in the background, right? Oh, yeah. And then you got some. They they come but once a decade, like The Hunger Games. You say, look, it's back. I They're love The so Hunger back. Games again. It's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> once again. <laughs> and Percy Jackson, you know, it's got its day, too. Here we are. I read a fa- I read Wheel of Time. Like, ah, I'm thinking about Wheel of Time all the time. And then I close the 14th book, and I went, I'll never think about this <laughs> as long as I live. <laughs> on Stormlight. I'm, uh, I'm at peace. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. And I throw, the, I throw them all into a big fire. <laughs> I don't want to play with you anymore. Whoosh. Yeah, we we were pretty You know, it's like, we're the one who was coming out. That's kind of a fun thing. 
Yeah. I don't know about you. What, what uh, what's the t- Did you get into them while they were still being written, or? I think I got into them. They were all done. I think, or maybe I didn't realize they were still being written. And by mm-hmm. the time I had got through them, the fifth one was already out. Yeah, when I started them, I think the first four were out, and I, I think I got the to... hard. I think I have a hardcover of the fifth one. So I think I, I do too. I got it just same, yeah for that same reason. Yeah, I got the day it came out. My grandma took me to Barnes and Noble. Isn't that nice. Yeah, went to a nice opening for the last Olympian. Uh, but yeah, these books, I mean, they kind of kick ass as far as I can remember. They go hard as a paint, especially when you're 13. Looking back, you're like, this is definitely written for a 13-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I, I pulled mine out yesterday when I was watching this because I was like, let's compare. And I was like, oh, look at the some of the opening preamble stuff is, is right from there. And I noticed that the episode titles were some of the chapter titles. And I'm like, this is fun. But um, yeah, I mean, I've revisited. I, I've, I think I've talked before probably maybe when we watched... We talked about the trailer when it first came out, but that like, for that very reason, that at some point it just I just abandoned it. Yeah, cast I was, it aside. I, was, I don't know. I was probably like, I don't know, fourteen or so, maybe thirteen or fourteen, maybe when the final book of the last Olympian, just somewhere in between the fourth book and the fifth book coming out, I just something clicked off in my brain, and I was like, no more, no more. I don't think I care any longer. I did that with um. Tell me how to finish the hero, the heroes of Olympus. That's what I mean. I never. Oh, I I said, never did. He's an Olympian. Yeah, I meant Heroes of Olympus. I've never, I've never read the last one. I've got them all, because uh, at one point, relatively recently, and by that I, pre- I think it was like it's probably three years ago. It's probably like in the middle of COVID. I was like, am I gonna read all these again? Did you? Which I never have gotten around to. But also, it's yeah, looking at it back, it's like I could pretty quickly. I think. I think you I dev- demolish those. I was demolishing them when I was like twelve. Right. So I read and I read them lots then. Oh yeah, I'd I pr- read them over and over. Probably the first one, like first Percy Jackson, like four times. So the movie, the movie sucks. It was the third one. I think that's the one I read the most. Third one's good. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is probably the one I read the least. Right. Well, there it is. It's a good one, though. Pan dies. Mm-hmm. Spoilers mm-hmm. for that book that's mm-hmm. a decade old. But anyway, this show. Percy is played by um, titular blonde child of the Adam Project, whatever his face is. Young Ryan Reynolds. They couldn't give the kid a black wig or dye his hair black for like yeah, man, I mean, 10 I don't weeks. Wanna, I don't want to be saying like you got to like dye some like... 12-year-old's hair. But like, maybe... His hair is so blonde. Yeah, I just don't do it. Like, and like you said, it's, you know, within the context of this universe, it just feels like it's going to be... Dissonance. I don't know. We'll have to see, I guess. Because his mom doesn't have blonde hair either. No, yeah. When, you know, I've seen some, you know, different kind of arguments have sprung up about the different castings and whatnot that I don't think we really need to get into. No. At length, but, um, it is, you know, the lore of this universe is pretty explicit, um... In the books, which, like, that's how you know sometimes when people complain about certain stuff and it's like, you don't even read it. Like I said, like, again, not to get too much into it, but someone was complaining that, you know, how they casted Annabeth. And it's like, I, this idea that you think, based on the lore of the Percy Jackson universe, that Annabeth must be white because her mom is Greek. N- none of that really makes sense. Uh, because, one, they're gods. Greek people, classically, not really blonde to begin with. Second yeah. of all, the gods, not really Greek. The whole point of them is that they're, if anything, they're older than Greek, yeah. right? They're like... Primordial. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember how far back they exactly go, but the idea is they just kind of go with the times. So they're not really any more Greek than they are Roman than they are American. American in the modern day. So whatever. That's all beside the point. Also, it's only one parent. So why would her mom being... Yeah. Whatever. So they didn't read Heroes dumb. of Olympus because Hazel, classically, black. Yeah, also... Another th- and another thing, what they say in the movie that the the gods actually give almost no none of their DNA. 
Like, it's very diluted in them because it's not really... It's just a, also, Athena doesn't even have, like... Blonde hair. Sex. Oh, yeah, that's true. Her, her children are somehow... I, I, don't even, I, don't even know, I don't even know. It's fucking stupid, okay? It doesn't <laughs> actually really make any sense. So how about you just shut up? Right? I think that's canonical, isn't it? That they're not actually born? Yeah, that she doesn't actually... Right? Pregnant? I don't remember. I don't think I made that up, did I? I mean, I'm, <sighs> I know, I'm saying I know that's in the, in the lore, or like, like the, the mythology, I mean... But I think in the Percy Jackson universe as well. Just, I mean, I could get the reference book. Do, do we need a reference book? <laughs> I'll look it up right now. Birth? I've got one of those over there. Or a couple of them. Oh, it says uh, Athena's children have similar magical births to her. They are products of purely intellectual affection Athena sometimes bestows on men of great cunning. Uh, apparently, his, this is an answer from Rick Rorden where he says, When I was writing the series, I knew Athena was simply too cool to not have kids at camp, and so I thought a way to make it happen. That's a great book. I read that book over and over when I bought it. Why is the way not for her to just have sex, though? I don't know. It's a kid's book? Yeah, but surely the implication is that all the other gods just have sex. Go to Bone Town. Why did, they, why did he feel the need to insist that Athena remained? I think because Athena's birth in the, in the myths. Yeah, but he's, the quote you just read yeah. was, I knew she was too cool to not have kids at camp. So his alternative was either, was for some reason for her to not have any kids or... For the kids to have to be born without... Like why? Why did he insist that she needed to be a virgin? What is that about? I think it's about because in the myth that she's born from Zeus's brain and not right in a regular way, yeah. that her children are born in a similar way is what he's going for. I'm going to Google it. I just Googled it. Why is Athena... To avoid having a fate similar to her mother. Who's her mother? Metis. I don't know what happened to Metis. The Forgotten Women of Greece. The Titan goddess of good counsel, planning, cunning, and wisdom. She was the mother of Athena. She was the, she was the Titaness who gave Zeus the drink to force Kronos to vomit up the other siblings. I thought that was his mom. That was, that was Rhea. When she was, for, when she was swallowed by Zeus after, it was foretold that she would bear a son mightier than his father, help their daughter Athena to escape from his forehead. Naturally. <laughs> and the hex have the brain. They, they get him with an axe. So I guess yeah, Athena never did that so she wouldn't get swallowed. I don't. Anyways, this actual show, um, <laughs> I I would say based off of this first episode here, it's it's pretty it's pretty faithful thus far, right? Yeah, much more so than it's uh, you know the, the last last run through they did of this. Um, I mean, almost to just like a matter of fact kind of extent, right? It's just like we're just doing kind of the stuff. Yeah, he says the same lines, same general things happen. His algebra teacher's a harpy, tries to kill him. He pushes the kid. He's got a shitty stepdad, who's not nearly as like abusive as in the movie. He's kind of just. I agreed. I want. I did kind of want to mention this. So, do you think? Because I, I kind of thought I was, it's it's one of two things, right? Either they really did tone it down to just make him more of like a a bumbling idiot, kind of a goofball jerk, yeah, more than he is like a truly abusive like asshole. Or could it be that we've done that thing that you kind of do sometimes as a kid, where, where you kind of fill in details, and so. We remember him being like a genuine abusive because our adult brains want to fill that in, mm-hmm. you know, of like, well, his his stepdad was probably like a real shit stepdad, like we know of, you know. Yeah, because I remember in the movie, they like cut off his head, like something kills him, and they keep his head in like the fridge or something. Well, they um in the in the book even I think don't in they? In the book they did it too. I can't remember. I remember in the don't movie. they freeze him with Medusa's head? Is that what you're thinking of? I thought they turned oh, him into a I statue. Th- I think they might do that. Yeah. Which is like, that's pretty full on. I mean, you've killed that man. <laughs> He's dead. 
Which, yeah, th- this version doesn't seem to really be deserving of that, necessarily. Yeah, he's just kind of a loser. Right. So I'm like, am I misremembering? Am I wanting to assume he was worse than he was? Because that's what I think he's the kind of archetype for. of a, yeah, of a abusive stepdad should be. Or is it this show has actually, like, toned it down for whatever reason? I don't remember. I don't know either. I mean, I got no, I don't, I don't really have an answer to that. That's just how. Just our pontificating. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. Okay. The only thing I thought it was weird is where does he get this pen? Turn gives it to him. Does he? When? Oh, just earlier. When he when his pencil breaks. Oh, he just gives it to him in a normal kind of innocuous way. I don't think there's... Because I kept waiting for him to, like, say something. Because in the book, doesn't he go, like, click the pen, Percy, or whatever the fuck he says, you know? Oh, no, it's a cap. Say the words, Kaladin. Yeah, and the, it's, it's supposed to be a cap. I like the click, though. Click I actually always liked the click better, too. That was a change that movie, and I thought that made more sense. Because yeah. it was always like it's got a pen, it's got a cap, and then the course, the obvious question becomes, of course, what happens if you lose the cap, right? Yeah. And then it was always like, oh, well, it just can reappear in your pocket. That's dumb. Just make it clicky. Yeah. Also, the sword's not very big. It's not very cool looking. The one in the movie is way cooler. Well, it was never supposed to be super big. And it's also the one in the movie is more like a European sword with like a cross guard and shit. And his is like actually a Greek sword, which is what it should be. Yeah. An, yeah. Old, an older, an older one. Which I think looks dumb. It should be oh. big sword is cool. No, I'm kidding. It's it's fine. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, we do all this stuff. This is probably pretty much equivalent to the first. I don't know three, three four or, so, or five, four chapters. chapters of the book. I bet uh, like it's the camp, okay. whichever one that is. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's fights the Minotaur. Yeah, they yeah. use the tree. Grover shows up and is like, and she's like, oh, by the way, you're really half blood, and here's Grover, and he's here, and we gotta go, and the Minotaur kills her, or whatever, and Hades has her soul now, and. Um, He's at a Camp Half-Blood, you know? And again, we hit all the beats. It's like, it's pretty cool, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's genuine. Listen, it's like, I think they're doing right by it. Oh, yeah. Um, The kids aren't um bad, right? <laughs> no, no, not so far. I think the kids are doing all right. And it's all you can hope for with some kid actors and a kid thing. Sometimes they're a little, sometimes, some of our lines aren't great, but for the most part, I didn't find them annoying or anything. But yeah, like you said, best you can hope for with these kiddos. His mom's good. Sally Jackson. Yeah. Uh, they did the blue candy. Yeah, they got the blue candy. It's just stuff like that where I'm like, there's definitely a little bit more care put into this version compared to the the film. Oh, I think be. doing the doing the details, doing their. This being a show probably helps that. It's an episode thing, so they can do all the details. Undeniably, undeniably. The only question then will become is like, are they going to finish this show in any kind of reasonable time? Probably not. Probably not. They never will. So that's, no, when Disney, that's... no, they're streaming. It'll get canceled. Um, what day is it? Tomorrow. <laughs> That's where it'll let us now, and it's a double-edged sword because you you have more time with TV, but if if anything, it's almost less time. It's almost too much time. Yeah, gets, and all of a sudden, there's and all the time has passed. All of a sudden, this kid's twenty five, and he's like, "All right, I'm doing the last Olympian." I would say though, this is one of those series where I think it does a decent job of sort of aging up the situations and the storyline as time passes, mm-hmm. which is what a, a lot of young adults middle grade type of stories do i think yeah they keep them going every year every book is like a different year they kind of do a time skip every time and the books themselves become sort of more serious and mature as they go along and you know as the sort of audience is expected to be aging as well kind of thing you know harry potter does it mm-hmm. others probably i don't know <laughs> we don't know because by the end it's a little bit more serious and i don't know death and things <laughs> there's deaths but yeah um, solid first episode, you know. Yeah, I would say we 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 hit all the beats. 
I, I, yeah, I guess the biggest thing is I'm pleasantly surprised by how uh, sort of faithful it is. Faithful it is thus far, which is cool. I mean, that's not the end all be all necessarily, of course, but um, I don't think this has any any problems either. So, I mean, it's in the absence of any flaws, I would say it's a it's a what's the opposite of a flaw? Positive. Anti-flaw. An anti-flaw. An anti-flaw. Antifa. <gasps> the woke mob. But, uh, so yeah, that's, that's that's kind of my thought on it thus far. We'll uh, I guess we'll keep following this one, right? Yeah. Get a new show in. We haven't talked about a show in a minute. It's been a while. And then we're gonna. It's probably lo- is it Loki. Is that the last? Yeah, I think so. And then we'll get all of that go in two weeks. That's oh, that's true. We'll get all that. Go. And, oh, and we got to do what if? And what if? Wow, wow. When it rains, it pours. You know. Yes, and when it doesn't rain, it's dry. Then <laughs> we're like, I guess we could watch. Uh, what's coming out? Uh, Wonka. Fuck. I guess. Oh, fuck. Aquaman 2? Nah, that, no, we're not doing that. Maybe I'll never see Aquaman 2. God willing. <laughs> oh, come on. We gotta see Aquaman 2. How? It's the end of the DCEU. And so it's like, if I never watch it, it's like it never has to end. In but, my heart. but we want it to end. That's true. In a very real sense, I can't I can't wait for it to be over. And I can't wait but for again, it to- that's, the, that's the very reason why it's like, why would I ever go see this movie? That's true. They've been telling everyone for months as well. Like, this is the last one, you know, and it's like, wait, so you're telling me, you're basically telling everyone pretty much explicitly, this one doesn't matter. Even if you care about this universe and these movies still, even if you're one of the people who still likes comic book movies in current year, (laughs) this one doesn't actually mean shit. I love it. Start with Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, and to end with, I don't know who directed Aquaman 2, but is it still uh, James? James something. James James C something, I think. Yeah, it's James Wan. James Wan. Start with this one, and what what, what did they accomplish? Nothing. They never got Dark Side. They never did anything. They got one Justice League movie. Woo! Woo! And we ended with Black Manta and the Dark Trident. The Dark Trident. <gasps> um. But yeah. So I guess that's kind of we'll we'll talk about it more in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. So we will. Attack out of that into the next Christmas movie we're talking about. If you were following the bad one, uh, Silent Night. Arched by James Wu. Now, I'm going to say right at the gate, this movie fucking blew ass. At least in my opinion. So, you're... I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised, I gotta say, by your by your reaction. Not necessarily that you didn't love it or whatever, but I don't know I don't know why you feel so strongly about it. I just felt like it was just nothing. Like, I just... I just, I just got... I just felt very... Like I said in my... I wrote down in my letterbox review. Just the most generic thing and the no dialogue thing. I don't like... I hate, as I've said many times, I don't like slime protagonists. I think it doesn't really work. We don't do it for a reason. And the whole movie's got nobody talking. And it just felt like, I don't know, it felt like it looked kind of, looked kind of cheap and felt cheap. I don't know. Just, it, I just didn't like it. It just didn't vibe, didn't, didn't vibe with me like from beginning to end. So I said on Letterboxd that I appreciated uh, the commitment to the no talking thing. Even if it did feel a bit strained at times, right? Yeah. Uh, by the end, it's a bit like, or not by the end, but the, but at multiple points throughout, you're just like, oh, there's really kind of shoehorning in the no talking in this kind of scene. There's a couple weird uses of like, oh, I'm just going to text this person instead of speaking to them that I think is dumb. Um, but overall, I thought that was interesting. I didn't expect that, to be honest. I expected it either. Uh, I didn't know. I knew the, you know, it was called Silent Night because you didn't talk kind of thing because of the whole, but I didn't expect it to get to the nobody was going to so i i kind of appreciated that um that's why i think it's kind of weird though that you said like it's both generic but then that you didn't like that because that that's kind of the i mean that's the conceit of this whole thing right mm. that would i i would say is one of the things that uh if not elevates it then distinguishes it 
right? Um, and you don't have to love it. I mean, if if it, if you if you really do dislike it, then I guess it's just, that's a more of a con than it is a pro. But that to me is the interesting thing. I, I think I I think this w- would be a much worse movie if they spoke. If they did actually all just talk, then I think it is that much more generic and nothing. I definitely think so. I don't think that have anything inter- interesting to say because it just feels like it's just the most. It's basically like I'm watching another action movie on mute. It's like, oh, he's having the flash. It's not on mute, though. I mean, there's... Well, I mean, essentially. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic with the mute thing. Because obviously there is... Yeah, uh, I mean, Things happen. And, yeah. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, there's no dialogue. So it's like, they're just doing the beats. It's it's more visual, if anything. That's the thing it's banking on. Um, So it's just like when he's sitting there and he's like, oh, I'm so sad and alcoholic. Oh, my gosh. A flashback of my son... Oh, it's yeah. It's not super subtle, like I said. I mean, the, like I said, I appreciate the commitment, uh, but it isn't. Yeah, commitment to the wrong thing, I'd say. Yeah, and that, that, that very well could be too. Yeah, I I thought it was like when he when he just wrote on the counter, just killed them all, and I was like, all right, let's calm down. Yeah, the you know, I'm gonna do what you can't. And I was like, obviously, right. the sort of ideal version of this, if if you're gonna really decide we're not gonna do dialogue, then it would be to have like some truly superb visual storytelling going on and i don't think that this always has that again it is it is sometimes a bit obvious or heavy-handed or whatever word you want to use so yeah i mean it, it could be better undeniably but i also don't think it's terrible and i was surprised you didn't even like the action um because while i would agree with what you said which is that it definitely seems to take too long like you realize we're i don't know three quarters pretty much an hour plus into this action movie without really any action um, I, I can't disagree with that, but once it showed up, I thought it was really solid. I mean, listen, uh, it's kind of just John Wick for the end of it, right? I mean... They do a little bit of John Wick, that's they're, true. They're just kind of doing the John Wick thing, and like, I don't know, maybe comparisons to John Wick are becoming uh, overdone, or maybe John Wick has really taken everything over, or maybe John, John Woo has al- always kind of done stuff like this, although I can't really say that I've... I don't know that I've ever seen any of his all the way through kind of thing. Hmm. But um, it feels like... Like, there's a John Wick influence, I think, right? Oh, for sure. On the gunplay and the shooting and the, the bang, bang, and bang, 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 and then I should go back and shoot the, <laughs> the first guy twice more. And I don't know. I, uh, and uh, listen, I do like John Wick. I think we've made that pretty clear. We've all made that pretty clear. So, man, I don't know. thought it was pretty solid. Um, so, you, you pull that all together, and I think it's not, I mean, it's not great. I think I only gave it, like, a three, right? Yeah. But maybe it is, like... I guess for me, it's greater than some of its parts, maybe. Right. And for you, it's not. Lesser. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't doesn't yeah work out. I, I think it's just a lot of, like, there's some weird camera work in the beginning. Like, when they're in the hospital, when he gets shot, and they zoom in on his wife's eyes three times, like, in, like, rapid succession. A lot of things. A, very jarring shot. B, also not in focus. So it's kind of like, okay, I don't, it's not that pleasing to look at. And you do it, and you, like, do it once, fine, and then you do it two more times, like back to back. It's like, what, what, what am I supposed to gather from this? Her, her eyes haven't changed. I can't. It's not like she's visibly more distraught, or like there's bags to show a passage of time. I feel like it was doing something that I, either I didn't get or wasn't properly conveyed. Uh, I felt like his neck wound. They didn't spend a lot of money on any kind of makeup or putting a bandage on to show that like he has a wound or like you know what I mean? Because like he gets shot I, right in the I neck. Can't. And there's You're like right. a tiny wound, but his Adam's apple is entirely intact. I did know. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that at all. Um, it's one of those things where I mean, and this is not obviously going to be a compelling thing to everyone, but 
It's not that kind of movie, right? Yeah, you just kind of got to be like, his neck um, is fucked. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, like, he was shot th- right through the throat and didn't die. Instantly. I mean, the, it was, like, right in the middle, too, like you said. Like, right his, in his trachea. Well, not th- his spine. It should have severed oh, his spinal yeah, column. Yeah. He should have died. So, the whole th- conception of this is, well, we cut his vocal cords with a gun, but he didn't die. And no, he's going to get us. Deal with it, right? Like, yeah. That's the whole thing. I mean, if you can't buy into that, then yeah, I guess this whole thing, this, you know, it's dead on arrival. But I don't know. I guess that's not the worst premise I've ever had to contend with in an action movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it's Christmas and you're going to see your strange <laughs> enough. So, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, listen, this is the guy who made Face Off, right? All right. A movie wherein two John people can and conceivably switch faces. Switch faces. And they're faces. two of the oddest people you've ever seen in the time period. So, right. I mean, he's not... You know, he's not, I don't think he's overly worried. He's no with Francis being, Ford Coppola. Yeah, I don't think he's overly worried with being like, well, I don't know if that's a realistic neck wound. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I just felt like because there's no dialogue, it just felt like when the wife leaves him, I'm like, and now she's going to leave him. Yeah, like I said, there's definitely more ham-handed kind of, there's there's stuff that's, but when it's like, there's technically no dialogue, but there's like off screen. There's like whispering. You can hear like whisper. There's a couple, there's a bit of that, but there's also like, you can hear um, the radio, radios, and he's watching video. Like there is spoken words at points, but mm-hmm. it's often off screen. Or it's like a character will yell and be like, "Hey!" Like off screen, and then that'll happen. But um, yeah, again, some of it's more ham handed than others. The part where she texts him to ask where her keys are instead of just talking to him. But I mean, I guess there's an, there's intention behind that. There's a few parts where the uh, different gangsters are texting each other and. A big group chat. I would say the big gangster group chat. Yeah, um, the detective guy. The fact that he never speaks is probably ends up being the weirdest one. That's alright. I don't need Kid Cudi to try to act at me. He can. Is that it? Is that's Kid Cudi? Yeah. He can like him and Bad Bunny. I don't need to talk as little as possible. I think that's all right. Fair enough. Because I really thought I'm like, all right, is Kid Cudi gonna be the one to talk? And then it's like, I'm gonna do it. You cannot. I'm gonna go in the elevator right as you arrive and take pictures of all these wanted posters. It's like surely you could just look that up on the internet. Surely Ellie like. Most of those, like, most wanted, you can just find, surely. I guess, let's talk about the actual, like, premise of it, though, basically. Which mm-hmm. is that the the son is killed in the drive-by, which, I mean, this is all conveyed through the trailer. But I guess the thing I didn't necessarily know one way or the other was what what this guy was, right? If yeah. this was, like, a John Wick type scenario of, oh, you've you've crossed the wrong kind of man. But it's actually Not. much the opposite. Yeah, it's, a, it's just an electrician. He's Yeah, he's a completely normal kind of blue-collar guy who is like, well, I'm going to dedicate my life to this goal and to learn all the things I need to do. Which I think that's kind of an interesting twist that I think maybe you don't see as much, right? I think nowadays in particular. Again, nowadays. Maybe it's a John Wick effect to yeah. just be like, oh, I've been a secret hitman this whole time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, or not-so-secret hitman or whatever. I think it's actually, that's kind of a twist on it that I feel like I've not seen, which is, he's a normal guy who decides he's got to do this, right? He's, he's got to train for like a year. You know, he's not John Wick, he's not the fucking, <laughs> the Saul Goodman one, what's that one called? Nobody? Yeah, nobody. Or the new Mark Wahlberg one. Is it Mark Wahlberg? It's Mark Wahlberg, right? Or the new Jason Statham one, or where it's the all hive. like- The Hive, he protects the Hive. He's a beast, he's the most dangerous operative alive, he's a beekeeper. <laughs> and he's also just literally- a beekeeper. It's, a, it's confusing, but it's a January movie. Don't worry about it. They're never good, <laughs> right? You see what I mean? There's yeah. a, I think that's becoming more and more of a trope. So for this guy to just be like, "Oh, I have to train," right? I thought that was interesting um, to see that. It maybe went a little long. Um, again, it ends up being a lot of this movie before he, does he actually does it. it. He almost ends the movie immediately 
by killing the boss with a knife in a parking lot. And he's like, no, I can't. There's children around. I think that's kind of interesting, though, in that there's a couple times where it is shown, because he isn't some kind of hardened killer, that he struggles with doing murder. some of this stuff. Like, yeah. oh, maybe I can't just murder. And, oh, I guess I don't like... When is, it, when is the part where he pukes? Oh, it's the first he, time. It's when he shoots the guy on the turn and he's yeah. like, ooh. It's the first time he kills a guy, I think. Yeah, it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, I think that kind of makes sense. Because um, even in like the type of movie where it's like, oh, I need revenge and I'm going to do whatever, I feel like maybe people come to it a little too easily. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually appreciated that kind of ask. Now, does that preclude him from later on in the movie, like mowing, literally down. dispatching dozens of goons? No, but um, listen, they... They put forward a little bit of effort to try to <laughs> show you show you something there, mm-hmm. and I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know if there's really if it's even realistic though, in the sense that like wailing on a dummy in your garage is actually going to teach you how to be a badass. But that's all right. I feel like this movie. I mean, he almost bungles it up. This first interrogation. It's true. He really does. He kind of whiffs it. Uh, I I guess also on the kind of realism aspect, like. It doesn't really make a ton of sense the whole way he's just living it. Like in you know, with that and the wife leaving and everything, it was just like Where's he getting money? Where's he getting money? That was the thing I kept thinking too. It's like, where's he getting money? I, I basically didn't like I kinda feel like maybe he should have just left it just left it alone. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Just let the police do their job or not and just uh probably would have lived a more fulfilled life instead of just stayed with his wife and helped her. Like yeah, in the end he dies. He dies at the end, yeah. yeah. There's a John Wick, and he, he dies. He does, like, a John Wick at the end. He dies, and he's like, hey, man, I got what I cutting. wanted, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't I guess I was just like, all right, fine. I guess you should. Like, I don't know. I I really didn't like the how he treats the wife, basically. And then for the note at the end to basically just be like, hey, listen, you know, it's not your fault you couldn't fix me. I mean, I went insane. That's true, but also it's like I don't feel like it does enough to, to address the fact that he abandoned her as well in a yeah. very real sense, right? By being... As absent as he was. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, she also lost a son. Like right, she's exactly. She's also grieving this. Precisely. She's, but she didn't go absolutely fucking insane. Right. The wife's not much of a three-dimensional character in this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to be, like, yeah. He become, he descends immediately into, like, alcoholism and Madness. violence. and Like, yeah. He sucks. I, I, I wouldn't like that either. And that's not fair to her. And that's not, it's not a great character trait, I don't think, in your protagonist necessarily. You know? Right. So... I don't know. I didn't love that aspect, I guess. I know that's the whole movie. Like, the, the that's movie the doesn't... Premise. That's the premise. It doesn't work if he's just like, I'm going to try to work through this. Grieve properly. Yeah, in a normal, healthy manner, because that's... Yeah, that defeats the whole point, but... Would have been a better movie, maybe. Well, no. no. He just would have been a better husband, I guess. That, that's true. Um, What else? Not much else. Yeah, I think I said a lot of my piece. Like I said, I did like the action. I mean, that's that's one thing John Woo does do, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you know clearing the stairwell again that's pretty like i've seen that in i don't know probably what two out of the four john wicks and yeah they did that whole big stairwell moving up thing in the last bond movie but hey it's all right you do it again we had a good time but uh i'll, I'll always watch a, a scene where a guy shoots everybody in a stairwell you know he didn't throw nearly as many of them down the, down the centers i thought as he you would. would think yeah. Yeah. yeah it's always a good part yeah but we need to move on out of that i don't know no, well, we can move out of that. You want anything else? No. Why did you... What, so what... If I swayed you with anything here? No, not at Why all. did you dislike you it so much? Why did it, you dislike it so strongly? All the things that you said, the reason you didn't like it, imagine that, but all all the reasons that I've said, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. I just think it wasn't made very well. I think it wasn't very compelling. I think that 
just putting it perhaps a little too strongly, but so I felt and feel I felt strongly about. Damn, who knows what he's doing to an extent? I did think it was funny during the press for this. I th- I believe personally, purely in effort to be like a shitster, mm-hmm. maybe even a bit of a of a troll or perhaps a meme lord. I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, someone asked him about Marvel movies, because of course, and he literally said, like, verbatim, like, oh, well, I, I don't really watch Marvel movies, I prefer to watch real movies, like, Scorsese makes. <laughs> Which feels like a response tailor-made to annoy Marvel the shills. Marvel chill nerds that you have on Twitter, like the actual ones, not just people who are like, not oh, us. I enjoy the-. Right, not us. God, not us. God forbid not us. But the actual people who just are incapable of taking criticism. Who see 12 movies a year. Make fun of Scorsese. And they're like, oh, all your movies are boring. And it's like, yeah, no. Um, it was just funny to bring that crowd out against him because they, they tried to pull out the normal tricks of like, oh, you you and your boring art house movies. Oh, you and your boring dumb movies. Uh, which has always been kind of a stupid argument because like Scorsese and Coppola and James Cameron are not making art house films. Art house films by any James definition. James Cameron made like the, <laughs> one of the alien movies. By any definition of the word, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but John Woo is e- even less than any of them, mm-hmm. right? Come on. It's like I saw a thing today. I don't know if you've seen this meme going around, but it was like a, it's like an image of where it's like, oh, best, favorite doesn't necessarily equal best. And it's like, favorite does not equal best. And it's like, under the favorite category, it's like the Lego movie and Avengers and whatever. Just like dumb kind of fun movies. Fun movies. And then it's all over on this other side. It's like, oh, Pulp Fiction and Fight Club and, and, uh, and the Dark Knight and stuff. Yikes. Which are all really good movies, but also those are not like, Again, like art house, hard to watch movies either. Those are also yeah. just pretty easy to watch movies. Yes, they are better than your standard blockbuster, but who would ever say that? Like, you know, Pulp Fiction is some like real indie fucking. Yeah, let me tell you, it's not. I'm thinking of ending things, right? That's sure. no fucking even everything ever all at once, which is still pretty actiony and stuff. That, that's very accessible, I would say. That, yeah, that's very accessible. That's making you think a little bit more than fucking printing Tarantino shows your feet half the time. Like, but yeah, so to make fun of John Woo is if he's some kind of artsy fartsy asshole, very silly. Yeah, you gotta watch because <laughs> he movies. is very he is he's nothing like that. Again, I don't know why he said that or if he was trolling or whatever. But whatever the case may be, come on. Again, yeah. let's have some self reflection. Off. He made face him. Off. Yeah, he made him with John Travolta, and Nicolas Cage, two of the silliest actors around. Literally, I mean, just expl- like it's just absurd. It's beyond the pale. Absolutely right. I mean. What did he? Which ones? What were the other? Didn't he do um one of the cops movies? It's a movie with police officers, right? Let's see. Hard boiled, the killer. He did do hard boiled. Mission Impossible two. And that one's no good. Bolt in the head. Why did I think he did like um? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't get it. I don't know what I was thinking of. But yeah, Jamal. Hmm. Overall, I did not think it was that bad. I'm not sure why it inspired such a strong reaction in you, but that's okay. <laughs> I think we've seen like. You know, more boring, more poorly made films on this show before, but well, um, this is the last thing we should do. Okay. I mean, you know what I'm gonna say? You know what I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Jack. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Christmas movie? This one's a t- this, I don't know. This one's a tough one. This one uh, probably it's like because it, it feels like it had it. It's Silent Night, and it's very much framing itself around Christmas. But you can your son can die at any time in Texas gang warfare. Surely he's sitting it around Christmas Eve. But I'm gonna say, not a Christmas movie, because you can go to war with the the Latin American gangs at any time. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my J verdict is that this is not a Christmas movie, and I hate it. So <laughs> it's not gonna get any favors from me. Fair enough. What do you? Th- what say you? Um, 
I think I think I would agree with you on this one, and that again, like, there's not, but it also doesn't even have, like I said, the aesthetics of it, right? There's mm-hmm. really pretty much very little tying it to Christmas, almost at all. Yeah, they're, they're in Texas. There's no snow. That's what I would just, yeah. If it was snowier, maybe if there was more, or just I mean, at the end, cold. he's he's wearing like a Santa coat, I guess. But yeah, there, if there was just a, even a little more sprinkled throughout, although again, most of the movie truly doesn't take place at christmas it's just kind of the beginning and end so it's a it's ultimately of little consequence absolutely well excellent so we'll like attack out of that into our final topic the second secret project the frugal wizard's guide to medieval england <clears throat> well, of course like i said the second book of the sanderson secret projects uh, this book does not take place inside the cosmere so it's the only one of the four that does not um and this is more purely sci-fi. Well, there is some fantasy elements, but it's more sci-fi than it is fantasy, I'd say, as opposed to most Cosmere stuff up until now, which is more fantasy than it is sci-fi. Um, and it's kind all, of. Kind of. Although I would say, I mean, I guess not to spoil it, but whatever, it's Frugal Wizard. <laughs> A big part of it, I think, is that there's actually much more fantasy going on than you might have thought. I guess right? that's true. Yeah. That's the- or is there? It almost goes like both ways. Both it almost kind goes of wrong circles back. It comes all the way back around again because the premise is supposed to be entirely a sci-fi one, mm-hmm. and then at some point, both the character and you, the reader, are forced to contend with the idea that maybe it isn't just all sci-fi. explicable sci-fi. Maybe there is some inexplicable magic going on, and then by the end, we come all around and maybe we understand it again. But and we'll see in the sequel. We'll see in the sequel. Oh, sequel. Said in the Satan Sanderson, they're all getting sequels. Did he? I didn't even see this. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at it yet. You didn't? Yeah, you, all, all four of them are getting sequels. Really? Sunburnt Man 2, I'm oh so more sunburnt. When? A hundred years When is he going to write them all? When he, when, when we have Robot I meant, I, to, I can't believe you you read it before me. I thought you'd already read it. I know, I'm just lacking. No, it's no, it's nothing against you. I, 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 I saw it came out. I was like, i got to get to it sooner or later. Fuck. Did he say when? No. Cause I know one of the newer, like one of the one of the after Stormlight Five. He said Horninger's a ways off though. The fuck's wrong with him? Just write it. He says he says Mom, it's gonna go on a delay until I until I'm missing Roshar. I think is the wording he uses. Fair enough. That's fair. I guess that's that's pretty valid. Fuck that asshole. You should give me all the things I want now. Um, but because I both Elantra sequels and Warbreaker, I know are are kind of. He's cooking up those. He th- mentioned those. Those are pretty. Those are some of the sort of eminent ones he's working on. Storm, and then, then Mistborn Era 3. Right. There's another one. And some side-over stuff. But I don't care about the side-overs. He does, he's not writing those anymore. Oh, right. That other... Uh, his co-writer... Whatever the fuck her name is. Jancy Brown. Jancy Brown. I think. Uh, yeah, there you go. Pretty good. Uh, it sets up a sequel. But, I mean, the question was always whether it was actually going to get made or not, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if they all need sequels, but that's beside the point. Um, We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, the... Basically, the premise of this is that they're in the far-off future of Earth, our planet. Um, we discover that there are there is a multiverse. There are infinite number of universes like our own, um, but slightly different, with slight variations. Um, and but they're not quite us. We're like the true universe, and there's all these kind of like echoes and shadows of our universe. Is kind of how it's described. If I'm doing this justice. Uh, and basically, they do a capitalism, and they sell them for profit. You can buy one and live in one, and you can own your own universe. That's specific for you. And our protagonist has amnesia, which I know some people don't like. I don't think you like, but we fan of amnesia plots, like you mentioned. 
because um, he has amnesia. Uh, and he wakes up just. When did I mention that? I think when we were reading it. When I, well, at least when I read it, I'm sorry. Well, you, read, you read it before I did, but I think when I was reading it, you mentioned that. Or that you didn't like the beginning, all the amnesia? I don't remember. Maybe you didn't say that, and I made that up. I guess the question is, how do you feel about amnesia plots? <laughs> maybe it was the first person? Uh, maybe I'm. I don't know. Well, I didn't mind the amnesia, I guess I'll say. <laughs> and Zach is a maybe. Um, yeah, so this guy wakes up in a, in one of these universes, and it's all in, like the title says, in medieval England, in some form of it. And the idea is that you buy these medieval England ones, and you basically become God. You get to play around with, like, you bring all the tech you want from the current timeline, the, the main universe, and you get to, like, fuck around and conquer, the, conquer it as fast as you can, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And he's slowly trying to figure out why our main character, John, is his name? I really can't remember what his name is. I don't know. I'll bring it up right here. Excellent. Then I'll continue my little spiel. <coughs> yeah. John? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So he slowly has to gain his memories back. And while at the same time, uh, the people of this world revere him as a god, except for one in particular, um, because of all his, like, he has all these cybernetic enhancements because it's, like, 2099 or whatever. It's the far future. It's a distant future where we all have, like, nanobots and shit. So basically can, like, do godlike things to someone who doesn't have any, who have medieval technology. Uh, and the people from his world show up, like, the mob that we slowly realize that have connections to him that were actually revealed throughout the book. And they want to capture this world because this world is the only one that they've ever found in the infinite void of universes that maybe has magic of some form or fashion. Um, and it's like a probability-based thing. or like kind of like Scarlet Witch, it seems, where like things that are unlikely become more likely. Um, so not, not as much as... Sh- but there are like gods of some form and like spirits... Uh, and the big thing is the spirits don't like all the metal, like they're like Irish fairies don't. They don't like human the technology against like killing them. It's like killing their worlds. Like you, they got to get out of there, and all that stuff. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I would say so too. Um, I, 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 I like the premise for the most part. Um, I think knowing the premise and then seeing how that actually played out, I was a little bit just for my own personal uh, taste, I guess, somewhat disappointed by the exact kind of time time frame he ended up emulating right Mm -hmm. because like the basic idea is that um yeah it's like oh look at you can you can take a vacation to medieval europe and you know it's outlined within the book in the different like whatever you call them epigraph inter chapter things about how um oh you can you know there's kind of different versions because medieval england can be like a number of different kind of periods right they talk about like the roman occupation kind of time and then like you know like the uh what do they call it, the late medieval the early mm-hmm. medieval whatever it is when when it's actually like you know more knights and castles and bullshit um or this one which is more like the uh what do you call it anglo-saxon norman invasion type of era mm-hmm. um which i guess if i i almost think i probably would have preferred it was more knights and castles, knights and, castles and shit because this ends up almost being more like viking yeah norse kind of I, I mean, they think. use, like, Odin. They have, like, an Odin equivalent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's a bit... Uh, I don't know, the, the, the mechanism of all... He's clearly the type of author who really enjoys, like, explaining how this all actually works scientifically, you know? He loves know, his magic we've, And we've known that forever. Yeah. Um, I think it gets a bit much in this one, trying to somehow explain how there's actually a scenario in which you could time travel dimensionally to a 
you're not really time traveling at all, but you're traveling to a dimension where time and space have done have been delayed. Con- yeah, it's basically the same exact timeline, except it's delayed in such a way that even though you're in the modern day, you travel over here and no time has passed. But for them, it's basically your past, and they actually you can communicate exactly with them because of reasons like that. All seems a bit much. Although I guess that's kind of the point is he's trying to create convoluted, somewhat silly reasons for how that all actually works yeah um but yeah overall i like i think the the actual like protagonist here his actual arc and this is is compelling um the, the sort of lessons he learns and stuff i i did like the ending sort of twist to it all and, and the sort of later reveals i find interesting um you know he's got a very much like a oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do it kind of moment yeah uh which i like yeah he, he kind of gets trapped i think he gets trapped on that in the in this portal, um, kind of on purpose, because he's like, well, I don't want to go back because my life is terrible in the in the real world, and I actually have like friends here; they would like me, so I'm gonna stay here and save this world and save the magic. Um, so that's fun, but he can't stay in one place too long. He's got that's the, how the book kind of ends. It's like, well, I got to keep traveling and seeing the world with his new girlfriend, who's I can't remember what her whole thing is. Well, I don't remember what her whole thing is. But there's the word they use for it. Basically, she like does incantations. But the magic stops working for them because of their god. Like a scop or something? Scott, yeah, it's like, that's what it is. Some nonsense. Some Anglo-Saxon nonsense. She's some kind of like, um, what do they actually call those in real life? I don't know. I don't know either. This is a thing they have, you know? No, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I just don't know the name for the thing that we're referring to. If you know, audience, say it out loud to yourself. Out loud, wherever you are on the bus, just speak aloud the word you, you, see, you feel in your heart. I like his other companion. The king? Yeah, no, the, sure. the like Duke guy, the, the chief guy, isn't he like a like a jarl or something. Something like he's some some leadership, but not quite a duke because they're going to save the duke. But he's fun. He's fun. Next axes. And he's a bit of like a stereotypical Viking kind of character, but a little more to him than that. Yeah, he's got a good heart. His mm-hmm. sons all died from a big bear from the big god bear of the Dane of the Welsh. I think they're fighting the Welsh. The Welsh? Who is it? The bear. Oh, I'm sorry. They him? did fight the bear. They're they're afraid of the Welsh bear and they're fighting the Vikings. These are they're different fighting like entities. Vikings. Yeah, yeah. But they mention that bear offhandedly, which I assume will come into the sequel in uh, twenty forty five when Red Dawn happens. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fun little thing about this book is that in the margins they draw a little wizard guy mm-hmm. going on a little adventure. Mm-hmm. That's fun. There's nothing to do with the actual story. Just a goofy little guy. I think his name's Marvin. That's fun. I think. So and he's like that. the mascot of this one of this kind of yeah. universe. Uh, technically, uh, you know, this actually, this isn't in the Cosmere, you know. Right, I did say that at the top. But, you know, it is in the same universe as some of is it? the other books. Yeah, like yeah. Skyward or something? No, not Skyward. I do, I think it's in the same, let's see, I gotta look it up now. I think it's in the same universe as uh, Alcatraz. Oh, his, his kid books? In the Evil Librarians, yeah. Huh. Uh, or maybe Rhythmatist? Or maybe they're all the same? No, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's it is Alcatraz. Although it's kind of minor, I guess the connections in that way, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of fun. I mean, I've not read those ones. Those are like genuine. I think those are like kids' books. Kids' books. So, or those yeah. might be middle grade too. Those might be kind of in the same vein as Percy Jackson, like a Percy Jackson type age, maybe. But still, not necessarily something I would go to my way to seeking read. out nowadays. But that's all right. You can get a plush, uh, plush wizard guy. Oh yeah, he's in a little pin now. That's fun, you know. Yeah, good time. He's 
seems to be well on his way to becoming a, a new little mascot guy. Just from, to fill Brandon's pockets even more. That's right. So yeah. the chintzy bullshit for his fans to eat up. You gotta get the, you know, you gotta get your plushie and your pin and whatnot. Yeah, you gotta. Everyone's got their favorite characters. His name's Mervin. Mervin. Not Marvin. Sorry, he's a good guy. Good guy, Mervin. Good guy, Mervin. He saves that dragon in that. Very tall head. He gives that naked guy a beard or whatever. I do like the whole, like, frugal wizard aspect of it, which is basically, you know, just being very cheap. <laughs> what's, the, what's the best way to do all this while being the most, like, cheap as possible? Getting all the weird discounts and... So you just ended up with the most janky as possible Black play. interdimensional travel you could possibly imagine. Yeah. That's pretty fun. That's a fun idea. And everything is just like discounted and even even the whole like, it just doesn't work very well. Although he doesn't really go about it in the traditional way, does he? But No. And he's got this half-burned manual that he's trying to piece the pages back together. But they don't like books like because the God's real, like he's banned writing. So the reason it's all blown up is because when he gets to the world, he the the guy doesn't like so he blows up his book instantly so he's like well fuck I have half a book um, and then he gets like a he kind of gets like his own little spren kind of yeah a little bit but it's just like an old lady guy who's like get out of here man you're gonna kill everybody it's like oh my bad I didn't, I didn't realize what do you what do you think about her I mean do you just want to do the whole like basically the the ending kind of twist yeah I liked her I I kind of saw that coming where it's like well, who's this freaky old lady who wants to follow him around and is always sure of herself. Oh, she's probably a, a goddess in some way. But she's not really a goddess. No, she's just... Yeah, it was, it was good. That's what I mean, like, the the, the ending kind of twist of it all. Yeah, she's not really a goddess, yeah. Right, she, so she's a... I was saying, do you want to talk about it? Like she, so oh, yeah, sorry. What she is is she's... Uh, her and the other one, the the Woden or whatever, Yeah, are basically just... They seem to actually be individuals who have managed to travel time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, and have come from an even further future somehow to arrive at this same place. Um, I don't remember exactly why, but in, for, in such a way to render them unable to travel back, go back to where they're going. And so they are sufficiently advanced enough that even to John here and the other characters from the, the quote unquote modern day of the story, so sufficiently advanced to, to basically be gods themselves. Um, and so they can just kind of do whatever they want. But they're, and also they are somehow immortal, I guess, as well. They're functionally. Yeah, uh, functionally immortal. And so now, basically part of it is that they uh, also still kind of want to... They do want to get out, though. And he he could be basically the... Their ticket out. Their ticket out. Yeah, and she says they have to keep traveling, but I assume because they want to get off, that she's like, you got to keep traveling and go to these places to get this specific stuff that we need so that we can all get the fuck out of here and go wherever we need to go and we'll drop you off back on Earth. Which, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I do think it's a bit. He, as we learn more about his story, it's it's a bit it's a bit uh, like tough for him for a while, huh? It's a bit a bit depressing because at first he thinks he's a cop. He's like, "Oh, I'm a cop. I'm a good guy." Then he realizes that actually he's not a cop. He couldn't be a cop. He kind of quits in everything he's ever done, and he's kind of just a, a, the doorman of uh, the mob who everybody hates and thinks is a shithead. The reveal with the wife is insane. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Because because his, his grandma didn't like him, she just told that she was dead. Wild, wild. She they they let him b- believe that his wife or what, what was his fiance? Were they actually married? I don't think. I think it was his girlfriend. I don't think they was, were married. Was had died in Europe or something, so that she, she could pursue a relationship with his supposed best friend. And they were just like, oh yeah, well, we didn't really want to, but you know, <laughs> we just let you think. We didn't want to hurt your feelings, but we didn't actually care enough to not kind of. And she's like, what an insane. 
they're like you know it's they're literally like a comically bad people <laughs> yeah it's insane but that's all kind of fun i mean not f- i mean it's funny it's it's certainly it's funny for us but not for john yeah 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 not for old johnny that's all right he gets over it kind of like he yeah. gets a better girlfriend so he's a cool girlfriend she's got a cool scene where she like harnesses all the the quote-unquote spirits around yeah and, and, and again for most of the book it's interesting to try to piece together where it's like why is there really magic in this world or not like what's happening and, and it's kind of implied that like this there is something specific about this particular uh dimension or whatever universe that they've ended up here for for a reason yeah so there might and be it's of particular interest because it's like oh he had he basically was trying to just get away he wanted to run away and and never be found again kind of thing just leave everything behind and start a new life and he accidentally ended up in the one that was like the most important the most important to all of them for various reasons so you know so that the plot can happen well of course the plot has to happen um there is some fun you know sci-fi era kind of laser guns and stuff yeah, they got they got like nano nanotech and bots augments their arms and stuff yeah the augmentations is, is always fun you know there's some the halo stuff kind of yeah kind of yeah, a little bit but much better no helmets <sighs> there it is uh the, despite it being like a you know fantasy sci-fi future all these mixed together i do like that the kind of ultimate final culmination of it all right it's just a boxing match Wait, he just beats the shit out of a there's guy there's something kind of like i don't know simple and pure about that isn't it yeah and a bit ironic where it's like oh yeah we have all these fancy laser guns and stuff where we're just gonna punch each other at the end <laughs> do a little quick punch out that's cool yeah overall yeah pretty solid i mean i, I probably liked it more than i was expecting to i guess i maybe because it wasn't cosmere based and everything i had pretty low expectations expectations of it not, not as in low as in like thought it would be bad i guess is it more than i just didn't think much anything. of it yeah i don't know i just kind of didn't put much stock into it at all yeah i think unfortunately i mean I've, as i've seen for everyone who's read these their ratings this one falls pretty much at the bottom every single time probably because there's there's lot there's it's not connected to anything else like his whole thing of the cosmere is like well i didn't do it for this one so everyone's like well how much do we really care we don't have hoid there's no guy who's sunburnt or whatever there's no nightmare <laughs> painting so what's even the point of any of this right which isn't a completely fair thing no, I would I say, um, but it's just how people are just kind of naturally going to react. I mean, we talked about how you know we, we went into the whole Cosmere thing last week, and is Tress really a massive Cosmere book or whatever? And do you have to enjoy the Cosmere to enjoy it, or do you have to enjoy it to enjoy the Cosmere or whatever? Mm-hmm. What, chicken and the egg. Where, yeah, which chicken and which is the chicken and which is the egg in this whole thing? Um, and there's none of that for this one. And is it truly any better or worse of a book? probably not it's probably a pretty for similar solid, caliber yeah. um but people just, are just not as invested you can't sure. draw from him as much right and that's i mean it's, just, it, it is it's not it the is. book's fault it's not the book's fault yeah. it's not his fault um and yeah i mean now that it's gonna this world is gonna be expanded upon i it's interesting to hear i suppose that's encouraging although again god only knows how long it could possibly be but i was kind of the impression i was like oh they put a he put a fun little kind of like it's a silly one. cliffhanger just to kind of think about where it could go yeah their adventures on the mainland of yeah you can mostly imagine it for yourself i think um but yeah i don't know in terms of actually expanding upon i mean that'll be interesting again yeah god knows how long that'll be but uh yeah. well, it's, it's a solid novel i think I think so too. I again it's never going to be as beloved by his fans who have come to love the cosmere for what it is because it's just not that but hey sorry right. we don't need Cal and everything so which one do you you put higher now of the of the two you've done two? so far? Probably Tress. <laughs> yeah, so, well, sorry, right. that's there it is. Um, you got anything else to say? 
I don't think so. All right. Cool. Well, then we can wrap it up right about here for the show. Uh, again, you can, as always, you can always find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast every single week. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. It's Akatech J-A-Z. On Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast, all lowercase. Our logo is in my friend of the show, Trevor Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And our intro is to my friend of the show, uh, Joey B. Find him at Joey B Music on Instagram, where there's various links to his projects. Uh, and as always, we wrote it, we produced it, built all the sets. Say Merry Christmas to the people, Zach. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. <laughs>